Hare Krishna. So, are you all set for the next session? Yes. Okay. So, this book I briefly mentioned you about. Last year, in 2004, during the GBC meeting, we came out with this book and we extensively distributed this book. We gave out 25,000 books. And how many of you have this book already? Okay, very few. Okay, so we have a few copies. We have you know, about 100 copies. How many of you want this book? Thank you. And as I mentioned, like this has about this has about 120 pages. 115 in print and I told you about Srila Prabhupada's position committee like it consists of uh, I'll read out the names Akrura Das Akrura Prabhu is from Canada he is a he is a second generation devotee, Prabhupada's, grand, Prabhupada's grand disciple, a disciple of uh, Gop, His Holiness Gopal Krishna Maharaj. Then Atmaram Krishna Das, he is from London. Uh, he is also Prabhupada's grand disciple, the disciple of mine. Then Bhakta Priya Devi Dasi, Bhakta Priya also is from Russia and a disciple of Gopal Krishna Maharaj. Then there is my name, then Bhakti Vaibhav Maharaj, Bhakti Vaibhav Swami. Bhakti Vaibhav Maharaj is a GBC. He's originally from Germany, but he spends a lot of time. I mean, his GBC zone is mainly Russia and uh, some of those East European countries. Then Chaitanya Chandra Daya Das, Chaitanya Chandra Daya, also Prabhupada's grand disciple, Gopal Krishna Goswami, Hari Sauri Das, Hari Sauri Prabhu is a disciple of Srila Prabhupada. Hari Sauri Prabhu used to be the GBC of Australia before. And uh, he is, uh, <coughs> he used to be Prabhupada's uh, personal servant also. Then Ridayananda Das Goswami, you all know he is Madhusevita Das. Madhusevita Prabhu also is a godbrother of ours. He is the GBC of Italy and uh, Belgium, Holland, and anyway, a few other countries in Europe. Then Maluti Devi Dasi, she was. Uh, also, I mentioned about her today. She is one of the first disciples of Srila Prabhupada. Prabhupada's, one of the first disciples of Prabhupada was uh, Shamsundar Prabhu. And actually, the three of them were friends. Uh, Mukundu Maharaj, Shamsundar Prabhu, and Gurudas Prabhu. So, Mukundu Maharaj was in New York and he joined. And then he 
went to West Coast where he was from and then he teamed up with his two other friends and their girlfriends and they, came, they went to San Francisco and started the second temple of Iskon there. For New York was the first place where Prabhupada started the movement in 26 Second Avenue and then Mukundu Maharaj went to San Francisco and started his thing there. And then Ravindra Saru Prabhu. Ravindra Saru Prabhu is the author of this book, as I mentioned you are mentioned this morning. He's a very brilliant devotee, brilliant thinker, writer. Then Shraddha Devi Dasi is Ravindra Saru Prabhu's disciple. And she also helped in this book. She is Ravindra Prabhu's secretary. Uh, she is a PhD from Harvard. And then Shureshwar Das, one of our one of our god brothers, Basudev Das, also Prabhupada's grand disciple. He was initially initiated by Bhagavan Prabhu. And anyway, then Birubhavu Das, Birubhavu Prabhu is our god brother. He's a GBC from South America, Caribbean countries. And Vishnu Murti Das, also Prabhupada's grand disciple. He's actually from New Zealand originally, but he lives in uh, Europe now. He is the one who is developing a thick thing called Vanipedia. Uh, like uh, all of Prabhupada's writings and all of Prabhupada's presentations are there in that. I mean, he's organizing it very nicely. Then Jadugar Das, Jadugar Prabhu also is a, is a disciple of Srila Prabhupada, one of our god brothers. He is a very well-known filmmaker of his God. So, <clears throat> um, the fir first it was presented by the GBC Executive Committee of 2013 and uh, yeah um, so the f it was anyway since it, I'll just it's short one I'll just read the GBC body GBC executive committee on behalf of GBC body uh, presented this book a note from the Executive Committee of ISKCON's Governing Body Commission. This work, Srila Prabhupada, the founder Acharya of ISKCON, authored by Ravindra Sarup Das, is, of, is officially endorsed by ISKCON's Governing Body Commission, GBC. So this book is actually the GBC position paper on Srila Prabhupada's position. The GBC requests all devotees and friends of ISKCON to give deep and careful attention to this work. So are you going to do that? Yes. Huh? When you take the book, what will you do? Keep it in your shelf? <laughs> huh? How many of you are going to give it a serious reading? Please give it a reading. Very good. 
The GBC requests all devotees and friends of ISKCON to give deep and careful attention to this work. To do so will broaden our collective understanding of and appreciation for the position of Srila Prabhupada and his unique role in the International Society for Krishna Consciousness. Srila Prabhupada simply did not carry the message of Lord Chaitanya and Lord Krishna to us. While that in itself is a glorious task, Srila Prabhupada as a founder Acharya created the very foundation, function and vision of ISKCON as a global community aiming for the re-spiritualization of the entire human society. So ISKCON has a very noble responsibility of re-spiritualizing this world, re-spiritualizing the entire human society. Srila Prabhupada's role, as you will read, is ongoing. His presence is to be felt in the life of every ISKCON devotee today and in the lives of devotees many centuries into the future. Understanding how Srila Prabhupada is in the center of our lives and our society <clears throat> understanding how Srila Prabhupada is the center of our lives and our society and knowing how to keep him in that essential role is the purpose of this text. As Bhakti Charu Swami writes in the foreword, quote, This book is not meant for casual reading, but for implementation. Unquote. GBC Executive Committee, December 2013. Then I wrote the foreword of that book, foreword of that book, so I'm skipping that. And I'll uh, read a part of Ravindra Prabhu's preface to this book. It's not very much, but still I'll not go through the whole thing. He's writing, The work in your hand or on your screen is offered to you as one ripened fruit of the intensive many-branched strategic planning project launched in 2006 by the Governing Body Commission of ISKCON. This ongoing endeavor has brought together many devotees worldwide to engage in systematic planning and development to realize a flourishing future for Srila Prabhupada's movement. Ultimately, we aim at the empowerment of our entire organization, every one of its members, all its various units, each of its managing and guiding authorities, so that all of them work united in effective cooperation to bring to fruition the desires of Srila Prabhupada and Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. From the beginning, everyone understood that our particular element essential to this achievement was, as it was usually put, 
quote, to keep Srila Prabhupada in the center, unquote. In this regard, the strategic planning team was actually aware that the near future would confront ISKCON with a critical challenge, the unavoidable transition to a time when all devotees with direct experience of its founder Acharya are gone. So that will be a critical phase when all of Prabhupada's disciples are gone because Prabhupada's disciples knew what Srila Prabhupada wanted. They knew how Srila Prabhupada structured ISKCON, what was his intention, what was his expectation. And, but in future there will be a time when none of them will be there. This imminent loss became an additional incentive for the work of the Srila Prabhupada's Position Committee, SPPC. All its members understood that Srila Prabhupada should be no less a presence to subsequent generations than he has been to the first. It is not that Srila Prabhupada will be the guru or the spiritual guide of only his disciples. Prabhupada, as you all must have experienced, is the spiritual guide of all the devotees of Islam for all time. Prabhupada's books are the basis. On the basis of Srila Prabhupada's books, we give classes, we preach and we practice. So in this way, Srila Prabhupada uh, will continue to play uh, an ongoing role in the lives of all devotees. All its members understood that Srila Prabhupada should be no less a presence to subsequent generation than he has been to the first. In, in bracket then he wrote, Indeed, some believed he could be even more. Srila Prabhupada's role in the lives of the future generation can even be more effective and more important than Srila Prabhupada's role in the lives of his direct disciples. We are seeing that we see such intense faith and commitment to Srila Prabhupada. That actually became very clear when in the early 80s some of the gurus had spiritual difficulties and they left the movement. And we saw how some of their disciples, many of their disciples got broken-hearted and left Iskhan, but many continued. And we saw how sincerely they were adhering to Srila Prabhupada's lotus feet. They were just because they saw that the importance of Srila Prabhupada in their lives were more effective than this uh, initiating spiritual masters, whom they naturally consider to be the center of their spiritual life. But then they kind of, their faith shifted to Srila Prabhupada and they displayed very, very intense 
Prabhupada consciousness. Like uh, the name I mentioned, Vishnumurti Prabhu, he is actually originally from New Zealand. I mean, he developed such intense love and attachment to Srila Prabhupada that he committed like, himself. Like in Europe, I remember those days, he was just traveling around and meeting devotees who left his con and distributing books to Srila Prabhupada, books of Srila Prabhupada. And now he is organizing the Vanipedia. Like you all know Wikipedia. Uh, and to ISKCON, that's what's going to be there. The Panipedia is going to be then to ISKCON. <clears throat> How to facilitate this? How to foster in all devotees in ISKCON, generation after generation, an ever-increasing awareness of their deep connection with his founder Acharya, so that all encounter him as a living presence in their lives. How will his mission, his teachings, his vision, his determination, his mercy become one with each and every beating heart? So that is what Srila Prabhupada should be in our lives. Like sometimes I consider that we are probably too close to Srila Prabhupada to recognize his importance in our life. Sometimes when some very great personality is too close to us, we fail to recognize him. Just as when you are very close to a high mountain, when you are very close to a very high mountain, we cannot possibly fathom, we cannot fathom, measure, we cannot possibly measure the height of that mountain. Some small little hill can obscure the vision of that mountain. Obscure our vision to that mountain. But as we move away, further and further away, the height of the mountain becomes visible. Similarly, when we are too close to Srila Prabhupada, we may fail to recognize Prabhupada's greatness. Some small little hill may obscure our vision. But as we move in time, Prabhupada's greatness will become more and more obvious. We can see that, for one example that comes to my mind in this respect, like when Jesus was present on this planet, how many people recognized him? A few may have recognized him. But even then, what was their understanding of Jesus? But today, 2000 years, we can see the glory and greatness of Jesus has become so wonderfully manifest. And that's going to happen to Srila Prabhupada with the passing of time. And even more, actually, if we consider, if we try to see Jesus from the spiritual perspective, then we can see that he, his contribution spiritually is very little. I mean, he made a lot of sacrifice, there is no doubt about that. 
but his contribution, spiritual contribution, like which means understanding of God, is not really that that striking. He may have the perfect understanding of God, but the people that he was teaching, they were just desert people. Like how much they could understand. A bunch of fishermen, a bunch of moneylenders, like just some not so educated, not so intellectually advanced individuals. Just spoke about God the Father and love Him and so forth. But who is God the Father? Christianity doesn't give any information. What does He look like? Where He lives? What He does? What is our relationship with Him? Nothing. Whereas Prabhupada gave the perfect understanding of the Supreme Personality of God. So much so that <clears throat> once jokingly Srila Prabhupada mentioned to a bunch, to a group of, uh, to a group of newspaper editors, newspaper reporters, if you want to know about God, you can come to me. I can tell you what his name is, what he looks like, where he lives, what he does, and I can even give you his telephone number. <laughs> <laughs> so that is the extent of Srila Prabhupada's awareness of the Supreme Personality of God, and that's what he has given us. A perfect understanding, which is of course the wisdom of the Vedas. Vedas have given us the perfect understanding and a self-realized soul like Śrīla Prabhupāda makes that teaching of the Vedas alive. So that is the gift of Śrīla Prabhupāda to this world and with the passing of time we will see that Śrīla Prabhupāda's the awareness of Śrīla Prabhupāda's position will become more and more clear, more and more obvious. As a member of the SPPC, that is Srila Prabhupada's Position Committee, I was assigned the task of writing a foundational document for ISKCON devotees on the import of Srila Prabhupada's position as founder Acharya. This I briefly mentioned in the morning. Like year after year we are discussing about Srila Prabhupada's position and importance of Srila Prabhupada's, uh, Prabhupada's contribution to our lives. And, but then there was a, a time came when we had to put, the, put our, all our thoughts and conclusions together. And Ravind Prabhu was asked to write on that. And so he is mentioning about that. It's quite interesting actually. Having accepted this assignment, I found myself spending many days and nights absorbed in thinking somewhat obsessively about Srila Prabhupada, about his life and his heritage and his movement, about myself as a disciple and similarly my god-brothers and sisters. 
During these days and nights, my mental and emotional states became acutely heightened and yet suspended from any determinate conclusions. And then I sat down and in two or three hours typed a short statement, no more than three pages, that seemed to come almost to its own accord. It was based on little or no research and no new finding, simply my own intuitions and realizations. I refined it somewhat and at the next available occasion presented it to the other members of the strategic planning group. To my relief, the overwhelmingly positive response assured me at least that I was heading in the right direction. This direction was given a concrete shape by the follow-up instructions, quote unquote. Great, they said. So far, now write a commentary. <laughs> I must note that the general great became attended by, uh, and by an entourage of detailed comments. Comments requesting in one place or another more support, clarification or elaboration. Comments indicating misgivings or areas of confusion. Comments proposing other topics for inclusion or investigation and so on. I took these comments away with me they turned out to be extremely helpful. And then, after tweaking, tweaking the short statement, I did as asked and began to write a commentary. Consequently, the final product, not at, now at hand, comes to the form of a text with a commentary to the text. The text is given first by itself, the far longer commentary follows. In this part, the primary text makes its appearance in proper sequence, but is broken into convenient sections. The primary text is printed in bold face, while the following commentary on that section is rendered in regular time. The text is short, only 1300 words, five pages. The commentary as it turned out is long, about 21,000 words, 79 pages. The text initially took about three hours to complete, the commentary six years. <laughs> the primary text itself is simple and quite suitable for a wide audience. The commentary specifically the commentary is specifically intended for anyone who is or who aspires to be Prabhupada's Shishya, a true Shiksha disciple of Srila Prabhupada. That indeed should be the fixed aim of all members of ISKCON and that by itself will bring about fulfillment of the heartfelt desires of Lord Chaitanya. The unexpectedly long and sometimes difficult labor on the commentary brought me an unanticipated benediction. 
I learned in-depth things that I had previously known only superficially or formally. I began this work knowing Srila Prabhupada as a great disciple, but now I have gained a more thorough and profound knowledge of just how great he is, an awareness, I confess, that continues to grow. What I discovered vastly increased my knowledge of Srila Prabhupada's achievement and engendered new growth in my love and gratitude towards him. The gift of knowledge has also shown me just how much it is incumbent upon me as his disciple to illuminate his greatness by the most sincere testimony, the testimony of my own discipleship. Moreover, I have been able to see more fully the truly astounding purport of the glorious title he rightly bears, Founder Acharya of the International Society for Krishna Consciousness. I pray that reading this work will do for you what writing has done to me. I wish to acknowledge my deep indebtedness to all those who helped, encouraged, guided, facilitated and corrected me in the production of this work, the overall strategic planning mission directed by Gopal Bhatta Prabhu and his able assistants created and sustained the conditions which made this result a deliverable possible. The SPPC presently co-chaired by His Holiness Bhakti Swami and Akrura Prabhu went through a number of changes in membership over seven years, but the consistent feedback and encouragement from all who serve and served in that group proved more valuable to me than I was often able to express. I do so now in gratitude. Many senior devotees outside the SPPC also reviewed the work in progress. In particular, a special Sannasi Guru and GBC Sangha of 100 or so leaders convened in Mayapur in February 2013 reviewed a draft of this work <clears throat> reviewed the draft of this work and took the time to provide invaluable comments and reflections the same draft profited from the response solicited from 20 or so other senior members out of this emerged the final draft which was reviewed once more by the GBC while meeting at Juhu in October 2013. With a few more suggestions for improvement, in G the GBC gave its unanimous approval for the publication of this work as an official statement by the GBC. My debt to the GBC members for their patience, for their help, and most of all, for their blessings cannot be repaid. I wish also to thank my most immediate help. My disciple Shraddha Devidasi provided continuous organization and technical support to this effort, as well as consummate editorial assistance and advice. My wife 
Soudamini Devidasi was also an acute reader and critic of the work in progress, as well as the unfailing provider of life support. <laughs> I'm a difficult person to take care of, but she did it anyway. <laughs> Your servant in Srila Prabhupada's service, Rabin Sarutas, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, December 2013. So uh, this is uh, Rabin Prabhu's preface. And uh, so this gives us the general idea of this paper. And anyway, I think I should read this paper myself. It's just four pages. Do you think reading is, uh, or you want to read it yourself? I want your feedback. Should I continue to read the paper now? Yes. How many of you want me to read? How many of you, how many of you want me to stop? <laughs> okay. So I'm inspired. The position of Srila Prabhupada. Text. Prabhupada's founder Acharya of ISKCON. Srila Prabhupada showed great concern that his position as ISKCON founder Acharya always be prominently recognized. He mandated that in each of his books the title page and cover display his name in full. His Divine Grace A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada with founder Acharya of the International Society for Krishna Consciousness placed immediately below. Similarly, he ordered that Founder Acharya, His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, appear directly beneath International Society for Krishna Consciousness on all ISKCON official documents, letterhead, stationery, publication, and signage. In these and other ways, Srila Prabhupada's special, intimate connection with ISKCON is to be always honored. Now, I will <clears throat> also uh, give you one personal realization in this respect. Like, you know, Prabhupada used to be a very, very humble person. Whenever someone gave him any credit, you know, Prabhupada refused to accept it. He gave all the credit to his Guru Maharaj. He gave all the credit to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. For example, like once I was in Calcutta and Srila Prabhupada was giving a, there was a press conference. Press conference in the sense, uh, some press reporters came and they were interviewing Srila Prabhupada. And one press reporter very eloquently started to glorify Srila Prabhupada. And then he mentioned that what Srila Prabhupada, that Prabhupada has done something even greater than what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu did. And it was quite correct also. He said, uh, Prabhupada, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu spread Krishna consciousness all over India, but you spread it all over the world. But Prabhupada immediately responded, no, I haven't done it. 
my Guru Maharaj and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu had done everything. They simply gave me the credit. They did everything and they gave me the credit. So in one hand I saw uh, Prabhupada, Prabhupada, how humble he was. And then a few weeks after that, uh, in Bombay, at that time in Bombay the temple construction was going on. How many of you have gone to Bombay? How many of you have seen Juhu Temple? Okay. And it's a grand temple, beautiful marble temple. And it was the talk of the town. And there was a big newspaper article. I think it was Times of India. Gave practically one full page on ISKCON, Temple Project in Juhu. And we are all very happy that such a big article came out. And Tamal Krishna Maharaj wrote and read that article to Srila Prabhupada. And then Prabhupada asked, who gave the interview to the reporters? And Prabhupada was told that such and such devotee did it. So Prabhupada is calling. So it was the a person who was the project manager of the project. He was the architect also of the project. One of our godbrothers from Holland. He was Sanasi also at that time. So Prabhupada called him and Prabhupada was quite heavy with him. And Prabhupada's point was why his name as founder Acharya did not So in one hand I saw Prabhupada so humble that when people are glorifying him, he didn't want to accept the glorification and he simply said that they gave, they have done everything. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and my Guru Maharaj have done everything. They simply gave me the credit. And now Prabhupada is getting so heavy because in that newspaper article, his name didn't come up as the founder Acharya. I mean, that thought came. I mean, why Prabhupada is so particular about this? But immediately I, uh, I uh, brushed that thought away from my mind. But later on I realized why Prabhupada was so particular. Prabhupada was not concerned about his own aggrandizement. We see that Prabhupada did not want any glory, any recognition. Like one very clear indication of that is, when Prabhupada started this movement in America, how did Prabhupada name the institution? The International Society for Krishna Consciousness. And who is the person behind it? How many people, those who came to ISKCON only know that? But outside of ISKCON, how many people know who is behind this Hare Krishna movement or ISKCON organization? Very few, even now. Even in India. In Vrindavan, our temple is known as Angrezoka Mandir. <laughs> as if this temple has been built, built by the Englishmen. They, and in Mayapur, they call it Shaivat. 
the sahib means the, you know, the white people have built it. See, even in India, people don't know the person, that Prabhupada is the person. So Prabhupada always remained in the background, we notice. Uh, did not really want any aggrandizement for himself. Then why did Prabhupada, why Prabhupada was so particular about his position as a founder Acharya? Uh, because of the institution of ISKCON. Prabhupada, this morning I discussed quite briefly, quite extensively about the importance of the GBC, the importance of collective management. That is one thing. To hold the institution together, we need the collective management. Why? Huh? Let's consider that also. Why we need collective management. Why we need collective management? Because if it is resting on one person, if it is resting on one person, and if that person has spiritual difficulty, what will happen to the institution? The institution will crumble. <clears throat> and if we don't have a collective body of managers guiding the activities and uh, uh, of the institution, then if somebody becomes too powerful and he deviates, nobody will be able to deal with him. But when it is a body of devotees, no matter how powerful that individual may be, uh, he won't be able to uh, confront or he won't be able to disregard the decision of this body. Is it clear? Like, I mean, I presume that most of you know the history of ISKCON. The history of ISKCON after Śrīla Prabhupāda, uh, we have seen uh, so many spiritual leaders have fallen down. So many spiritual leaders have left. And, uh, but in spite of their fall down, in spite of their spiritual difficulty, ISKCON didn't get affected. Did you ever consider why not? Hmm? Why? Like, if a leader falls down, then what happens? Like, I mean, I don't have to go very far. Of course, many of you are not here at the time. Like Australia, uh, the ISKCON, Jat, ISKCON in Australia was booming in 19, early 80s. Uh, in early 80s, ISKCON was booming. But then the, uh, the spiritual leader of Australia had spiritual difficulties. And the result is, uh, it has gone through a major, major uh, crisis. But uh, it's similarly, uh, there in other areas also there have been spiritual difficulties. In America, in Europe, in various places, due to leaders fall down, the ISKCON movement has gone through a lot of difficulties. But ISKCON remained unaffected or ISKCON remained intact. Now tell me why ISKCON could survive these difficulties? 
how iskon could survive this difficulty yeah because of the collective management like one person may have difficulties two persons may have difficulties three persons may have difficulties but there were 30 other individuals to hold the institution together so no matter how difficult the crisis was but the situation was never uh, hopeless another crisis that we faced that some individual was extremely powerful and he had spiritual difficulty and when he had spiritual difficulty he uh, did not want to budge he wanted to continue in that way but these leaders of iskon put their foot together and put rather put their foot down and say uh, nothing to it and as a result of that that person separated himself from iskon he just uh, separated himself from iskon now if this body was not there to deal with him then what would have happened like he would have continued as a result of that what would have happened the spiritual standard would have been compromised so this is the this is the benefit of collective management this is the benefit of collective management and and then <clears throat> so now we see the importance of collective management which is being executed by the gbc this morning i also mentioned now you can again reiterate that, that point that i made the morning made in the morning like see in gauriyamat gauriyamat is shila bhakti siddhanta sharshi thakur institute in goriamart they had uh, one spiritual personality uh, had spiritual difficulty you see bhakti siddhanta sharshi thakur suggested that they collectively manage the institution but some of the leaders thought that how can a spiritual organization be run or guided by a group of managers a spiritual institution needs a spiritual head so they appointed a spiritual head disregarding shila bhakti siddhanta sharshi thakur's instructions and eventually that spiritual person head had spiritual difficulty now can you imagine what happened the structure collapsed or if not the structure collapsed the faith had been very badly affected by many many devotees and and that was the cause of the split like then uh, they just as proper said that they appointed a guru acharya after disregarding shri bhakti siddhanta sharshi thakur's instruction uh, and then he fell down and then everybody wanted to become a guru 
So they all became gurus. And they are continuing, they were continuing. Many sannyasis, they didn't have spiritual difficulty. They were continuing with their spiritual activities, they were preaching. There were many of them were very powerful preachers. But the preaching stopped. That massive preaching that Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasita started, that stopped. Now, as opposed to that, we can see in ISKCON. In ISKCON, there, is, there has been many uh, unfortunate spiritual deviation and fall downs. But ISKCON is continuing to grow and effectively preach all over the world. Why is it happening? Because of the institution. Goryamar, the institution failed, therefore preaching stopped. In ISKCON, in spite of so many internal difficulties, the institution was together, therefore preaching is going on. So that is how we have to recognize the importance of the institution for the sake of worldwide propagation of Krishna consciousness. Now, as I was saying, to hold the institution together, we need a collective body of management. But at the same time, another thing is very important, to hold the institution together. Anybody can guess? The head of the institution. The body of the institution to hold the body together, we need the collective endeavor of the leading devotees to manage. But at the same time, the head of the institution has to be properly recognized. For example, can anybody imagine Christianity without Jesus Christ? Can anybody imagine uh, Islam without Muhammad? So that is the importance of the head. That head holds the institution together. Even if the institution gets divided, like Christianity became divided into so many factions, Islam also has become divided into so many factions. But all recognize and Jesus Christ. Everybody, uh, Catholics, Protestants, Orthodox churches, they all recognize Jesus as the end. They all are Christians under Jesus' identity. So similarly in Iskon, Srila Prabhupada is going to play a very, very significant role in that way. We have to, like, we cannot really think of ISKCON without Srila Prabhupada. So that is what is uh, essential to establish. That is what's going to hold the institution together. Otherwise, the institution may become fragmented and fragment, when these fragments come, when the divisions come, when, skill, when the institution becomes divided, it becomes weak. 
So the unity of the institution is absolutely essential and in order to hold the institution together, Prabhupada's position as the founder Acharya is absolutely essential. <clears throat> we revere and learn from the many great Acharyas in our line. Yet, as Iskon founder Acharya, Srila Prabhupada becomes unique among them for us. In our line, there are many Acharyas, many exceptionally brilliant personalities, uh, exceptionally towering spiritual personalities. But Srila Prabhupada will always play a very special role in our life. Later on, Reverend Surprabha actually mentioned that it is something like seeing everything through the eyes of Shri In Iskon, Prabhupada himself remains present generation after generation as single prominent Shiksha Guru imminent in the life of each and every ISKCON devotee, a perpetual indwelling, indwelling, active guiding and directing presence. He is thus the soul of ISKCON. As such, Srila Prabhupada himself continues to act effectively in this world so long as ISKCON continues as the coherent expression and unified instrument of his will. In this way, Srila Prabhupada remains the soul of Iskon and Iskon his body. Reason for Prabhupada's founding of Iskon is a very important aspect. Why Srila Prabhupada founded Iskon? When Srila Prabhupada successfully established Lord Chaitanya's movement as a world preaching mission, he made the weighty decision to form a new institution the International Society for Krishna Consciousness with himself as the founder Acharya. He did this on the basis of his realized knowledge. The essence of that knowledge he imbibed from his own spiritual master. Unfortunately, after Srila Prabhupada's Guru Maharaj had passed away, that knowledge and realization largely ceased to be expressed in his Guru's own but now fragmented institution. Hence, Prabhupada founded a new organization that, as a whole and in its every part, would embody and develop that realization. A realization that manifests itself as an unwavering, undefatigable commitment to deliver pure love of God to suffering humanity everywhere. The institution that would be able to act on this commitment with united force over large spans of space and time needs a unique form. Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Goswami therefore called for an organization in which the ultimate authority would reside not in the person of a single autocratic Acharya, 
but rather in a board of directors which he called the governing body commission this concept of governing body commission was given by shilan bhakti siddhanta saraswati thakur the gaudiya math failed to realize that structure and so proper said became useless proper actually mentioned that gaudiya math became useless asar why because they failed to follow the instruction and global emphatically told us not to make the same mistake that his god brothers made after his guru maharaj's disappearance the central challenge shila prabhupad established such a structure for iskon putting the governing body commission in place in 1970 and overseeing its gradual articulation and development stating that he wanted there to be hundreds and thousands of spiritual masters within iskon he implied that the normative guru disciple relationship would be perpetuated within the unified institution under the direction of the gbc in such an organization many gurus would be able to act with concerted force operating together with other leaders and managers in collegial accord yet as long as prabhupad was present as the sole acharya and diksha guru the structure necessarily remained in embryonic form a child still in the womb of his mother its form and function necessarily not fully developed during prabhupada's manifest presence by the very nature of the situation the gbc clearly could not assume its full role as the ultimate managing authority and prashila prabhupada remained the only guru therefore the completed product of prabhupada's work had to await its time to be manifest Consequently Shri Prabhupada has left to us the task after his departure of fully articulating the form and functions of ISKCON for effective as action in the world one central challenge is to integrate the guru disciple relationship which carries its own proper demand for deep loyal and commitment to the person of the guru within a large society that demands in a certain sense a higher all encompassing loyalty that loyalty our common fidelity to our founder acharya shri prabhupada so you see the disciples will naturally develop their relationship with their gurus and in a way the person who is present his influence seems to be more prominent because uh, the devotees can deal with uh, him he is not only playing an, the role of his spiritual guide but uh, their loyalty naturally uh, for centers around him loyalty naturally uh, is to him and because of that ongoing relationship that uh, that bond naturally becomes very strong 
Now, that may lead us to one danger. The danger is that based on the Guru, the institution may become fragmented. Like, uh, in a way, uh, we are facing that problem quite acutely now. Uh, like a thing called Guru Groupism. And in a way it is natural. The disciples will develop their relationship with you. And that actually leads us to a danger of becoming fragmented in the Guru's center. Now how to overcome that and keep the institution together? That is a superseding loyalty to Shri and we are seeing that gurus have to now speak more clearly about that. That fine, you know, you are seeing me, uh, but I am Prabhupada's representative. Actually, guru's role is to represent. A guru is a via medium, uh, a transparent at that, uh, a transparent via medium. So transparent means, uh, what is the definition of transparency according to physics? <laughs> yes? Um, light isn't reflected back or no passes through. No, the light rays do not stop. When the lights do not stop through a medium, that medium is called transparent. Isn't it? Transparent, when some lights are stopped, the rays cannot, some rays pass through, some rays do not, then what do we call it? Translucent. Translucent. And when no light passes through, opaque. opaque. When light passes through, unhindered, it's transparent. So, a guru is meant to be a transparent via medium. What is the meaning of the word via medium? Huh? Via medium means? Yes, Namadev? Uh, something which connects things. Yes, very when good. Via means way or route. Right, yeah. In simple words, it's in the middle between the object and the subject. But it is transparent. It is not stopping uh, the, uh, the flow. So what Guru is doing? Guru is in the middle. Uh, between, generally Guru is in the, in the, in between Krishna and his disciples. Right? So devotees, the disciples see Krishna through the Guru. If Guru is not presenting Krishna or the, uh, the vision of Krishna is not there, then he is not a Guru. Right? Jai Krishna Tattvavetta Shai Guru. The qualification of Guru is that through him one gets Krishna. And that is the meaning of transparent. Like nothing is stopping between Krishna and the disciple. And the Guru is in the middle. He is the Vaya medium.
Now, in ISKCON, we have uh, another consideration. Generally, disciple, guru, Krishna. But in ISKCON, because we all are, all the gurus are functioning and will be functioning uh, on behalf of the institution, then they have to become the via medium between the disciple and the institution and predominantly Srila Prabhupada. So that is uh, a very important challenge. Like uh, the practical thing is, this gurus, disciples will naturally develop a relationship with their gurus. Not only their Diksha Guru, this relationship also will be with Shiksha Gurus. But all the Gurus in ISKCON, what they will do? They will become the transparent via medium between those who they are teaching and to Srila Prabhupada. Like, just consider, I'll just give a very simple example. Say, if I come to Australia, say Sydney, but if I do not function uh, on behalf of ISKCON, uh, if I come, create my own group, do my own things, will it be desirable? On the other hand, when I come here, what everybody expects? That I will help the devotees to develop their relationship with ISKCON and support the activities of ISKCON here, then uh, I am functioning as a proper uh, agent of ISKCON. So this is how we have to actually uh, create an, a kind of a situation that hasn't been, generally hasn't happened in the past. In the past, the traditional Vedic culture was guru, disciple and Krishna. They are in the parampara but the prominence of their guru uh, was not that evident. But because, because they didn't have the ashram, they were running their own ashram. But now we are, we are functioning in another ashram. Somebody that means we are functioning in Prabhupada's ashram and Prabhupada did not hand over ISKCON to anybody. Prabhupada being the founder Acharya, Prabhupada remained the head of ISKCON for all time. And that is what going to hold ISKCON together for generations after generations, as Prabhupada said for 10,000 years. Now one may say, well, I mean, can, that, can uh, there be factions in ISKCON the way it has happened in Christianity and in Islam? The, gen the general feeling can be, yes, it has happened in the past and it may happen in the future also in ISKCON. But I will say, the chances of that is very very bleak, very little. Why? Because Christianity didn't have uh, a governing body commission. 
<laughs> if Christianity had the government, one thing, Christianity didn't have the governing body commission. Christianity did not have 75 volumes of books presenting the teachings of Srila Prabhupada. Presenting the teachings of the Acharya. Bible, New Testament, is not written by Jesus. New Testament even was not given by Jesus. It is what the apostles, long after Jesus was Jesus Christ, what they understood about Jesus' teachings, that's what they gave. So these are the securing factors for ISKCON. Again, one is the collective concept of management and the other is Prabhupada's books. No room for deviation. And who will hold the concept together? The collective management. Or not only collective management, even the body of ISKCON. If I give a class and say something off the wall, what will be the immediate reaction? Maharaj, where did you find that in Prabhupada's books? Isn't it? So we can't go off. There is no possibility of going off whatsoever. Because Prabhupada's books are there, the guiding factor. Any deviation from Prabhupada's books or anything that is not being justified or substantiated by Srila Prabhupada's books, immediately comes to question in the minds of the so that is how wonderfully this movement has been secured. And we have to be practical how to make it even more concrete, even more safe, even more secure. That should be our main concern. How uh, to hold this institution together for the sake of the future of this human society. And <clears throat> And this responsibility is there. Srila Prabhupada gave the responsibility to all the devotees. And one of the most important instructions uh, of Srila Prabhupada is, uh, one of the most important instructions of Srila Prabhupada is, your love for me will be shown by how you cooperate with each other. So, Everybody says he loves Prabhupada. Actually, in this respect, uh, the question actually came up and I recall that incident. Because this statement of Srila Prabhupada is not in uh, record, in the taped uh, recording. And so, uh, in the GBC discussion, that point actually came up and I recall the incident. You see, uh, in those days, uh, His Holiness Tama Krishna Maharaj was Prabhupada's secretary. And he used to read out the letters to Srila Prabhupada every afternoon. Sometimes Prabhupada, uh, Tama Krishna Maharaj used to do it right after Prabhupada took prasad. Or sometimes after taking prasad, Prabhupada used to take rest. And then around 3 o'clock he used to go to Srila Prabhupada and read those letters. And those were the most interesting time for us. <laughs> like I used to always make it a point to be there and read those. I mean here, 
Tamar Krishnamarana is reading those letters to Srila Prabhupada and Prabhupada answering those letters. So one day, one letter came from him, from one devotee, expressing some beautiful sentiment, saying that how he was prepared to give his life span to Srila Prabhupada so that Prabhupada can continue to live. Prabhupada was very sick those days in Vrindavan. Prabhupada actually went to Vrindavan to leave his body. So I was actually very impressed seeing oh, what a beautiful sentiment like he is offering his lifespan to Srila Prabhupada so that Srila Prabhupada could continue. But what was Prabhupada's reaction? Prabhupada's reaction was that your real love will be shown by how you cooperate with each other. Not just some sentimental talk, not just some sentimental writing. The practical demonstration will be how you cooperate with each other. And unfortunately we saw that so many devotees failed for various reasons, so many devotees have left the movement. Like I often wonder, like how they missed this instruction of Shri and missed, failed to understand this instruction of Shri Prabhupada. So many of them say, I love Prabhupada, I love Prabhupada. Uh, but uh, the way Prabhupada wanted us to demonstrate our love for him, they could do that. Cooperation means stay together, like it or not, for the sake of Srila Prabhupada's pleasure, continue. That is the real love. For that matter, I can also mention that there are three instructions that I considered to be most important for me from Srila Prabhupada. One is, as I said, <clears throat> your love for me will be shown by how you cooperate with each other. The next one is, no matter whatever happens, don't leave Isko. No matter whatever happens, don't leave Isko. Stay in Isko. And the third one is, the GBC is the ultimate managing authority. There have been times when faith has been very badly affected. But still I tried to stick to that concept. The GBC decided it, I will carry it. I'll accept it because they are the ultimate. And I can tell you these three instructions actually saved me from so many calamities that could have destroyed my spiritual life. But I've been saved just by following these three instructions. Your love for me will be shown by how you cooperate with each other. No matter whatever happens, don't leave this God. And the GBC is the ultimate man.
I'll read this last sentence again, huh? last two sentences. During Prabhupada's manifest presence, by the very nature of the situation, the GBC clearly could not assume its full role as the ultimate managing authority. Huh? Because Prabhupada was there. Prabhupada was the authority. Ultimate authority was Srila Prabhupada. So the GBCs could not really fully manifest that role, assume that role. And Prabhupada remained the only guru. Therefore, the completed product of Prabhupada's work had to await its time to be manifest. Consequently, Srila Prabhupada has left to us the task after his departure of fully articulating the form of the functions of the ISKCON for effective acts, action in the world, one central challenge is to integrate the guru-disciple relationship, which carries its own proper demand of deep loyalty and commitment to the person of the guru, within a large society that demands, in a certain sense, a higher all-encompassing loyalty that loyalty is our common fidelity to our founder Acharya Srila Prabhupada. A loyalty proven in practice by our cooperation with each other within the structure he bequeathed to us to fulfill his deepest desire. We discovered that the initial zonal Acharya system of integrating the Guru into a broad structure implicitly created geographical zones that was individually more unified than ISKCON as a whole. The integrity of ISKCON thus came into jeopardy. That system has been abolished, yet we need to go much further in realizing the organization Srila Prabhupada wanted. It is interesting to note that two prominent anti-ISKCON movements, read it, I mean, listen carefully, this one is quite an important consideration. It is interesting to note that two prominent anti-ISKCON movements often claim to claim to be the real ISKCON, have formed by specific rejection of one or the other component of Prabhupada's whole. The rhetoric position wishes to do away with actual gurus in favor of GBC institutional authority, while the followers of one prominent sannyasi or another wish to eliminate an actual GBC and rely on the charismatic autocratic single acharya. So, uh, the Ritwik concept, the way he is summarizing it, that, uh, I mean, anyway, like this is one way of looking at the Ritwik, uh, that they don't want to give any importance to the Diksha Guru, uh, saying that Prabhupada will continue to give Diksha, and as a result of that, he is surmising that they are putting most, I mean, absolute emphasis on the GDC. And the other one, the Guru is everything and no need for GBC. But the thing is, it, there has to be a balance. 
ISKCON needs to foster both elements and intense common loyalty to ISKCON and the GBC and the deep and full teaching relationship between individual gurus and disciples within ISKCON. We need to realize how there is no contradiction and no conflict. We need to realize how they reinforce and support each other. A crucial element in establishing this necessary synthesis is achieving a deep understanding of Srila Prabhupada's position and putting that understanding into action, both Jnana and Vigyana. As founder Acharya Srila Prabhupada himself symbolizes and in a sense is the unity of ISKCON. Therefore, he must become an inescapable predominant felt presence in the lives of the devotees, no matter who else may serve as their Diksha or Shiksha Guru. Gurus still manifest in the world, the Gurus still manifest in the world tend to make a more vivid impact on their followers than those who now unmanifest in form. Because Srila Prabhupada's person is now unmanifest as such, this absence of Bopu needs to be compensated for by an ever-deepening ever realization of his manifestation as Vani, as he himself taught. Such presence needs to become as much a part of the fabric of ISKCON to become the essential savor of its culture. That his presence will not diminish even when all who personally knew Srila Prabhupada follow him from this world. There will be many consequences when Srila Prabhupada's position as founder Acharya is realized. Among them, one, generation after generation will be enabled to receive the special mercy offered by Srila Prabhupada. The path back to Godhead he opened will become ever increasingly traveled. Two, by taking full, full shelter of Srila Prabhupada as Shiksha Guru in his Bani manifestation, all teachers in ISKCON on various levels of advancement will be able to authentically convey Srila Prabhupada's real teachings, thus giving proper guidance, shelter and protection to all. Three, Srila Prabhupada's active presence will secure the unity and integrity of ISKCON. Four, ISKCON's teachings will remain consistent over space and time. Five, Srila Prabhupada's realized knowledge Endowed, en, endowing him with the specific potency to spread Krishna consciousness will not be preserved but also developed. Six, his books will remain central to us for they contain insights and directions that await future development to be realized. Seven, Srila Prabhupada's eyes will always remain the lens through which all future generations see our predecessor Acharyas. So, <clears throat> so this is uh, the basic essential text that Ravinsar Prabhu wrote and then the other 79 pages after that 
are the work of some extensive research uh, from uh, various writings of Goryomart, especially their magazines and uh, chronicles. So uh, this is how Raman Prabhu has presented this paper. So uh, today, did he, did he bring the books today? We have. So today we can give you the books now. So once again, how many of you want the books? Okay, how many of you will just keep it on your shelf to decorate your shelf? <laughs> okay, I'm happy to know that. <laughs> so, Hare Krishna. Does anybody have any question? Yes, Damodar. We see that um, even just this next generation, while so many of Srila Prabhupada's direct disciples are present, there's still diversity now of viewpoints. People who uh, will argue, well, what Srila Prabhupada really meant, what he was really saying was, and that's even just one generation. And the challenge is they will always refer to Srila Prabhupada's writings, his letters or his books, as their basis of evidence. How will we ensure, as the, as the future generations pass, yeah. that the accurate understanding of Srila Prabhupada's meaning yeah. is preserved and passed on? Uh, good point, very good point. But in this respect, Prabhupada himself said, you see, the letters and other writings are consequent. Sure. Like in some context, he said, may say that. But the real thing are the books. We cannot actually contest his statements in a book based on what he wrote in a letter. His books are the basis. Seeing such controversy about further editions. Uh, well, you see, those who want to challenge, you know, they can. But then again, who decides? Whatever the GBC decides, just follow that. The thing is, you'll see that most of the most of the individuals were just making all those complaints and making these uh, challenges. Their main problem is that they claim that they are the only authority. They are not subjecting themselves to the authority of the GBC and that's the problem. And so that also we can see, like when the GBC body is properly functioning, you know, executing their responsibility, you know, it's going to be protected from this kind of calamities. Yeah, take your mind. One of the, um, towards the back end of what you were reading just now, uh, Rabindu Shilpa mentioned something about Shilpa Prabhupada's um, preaching spirit is preserved and developed. I forget the exact, but preserved and developed. So as we start to do development, um, which sounds like it's expanding on or uh, further elaborating or extrapolating, how do we ensure that? Well, I'll tell you how I took it. <laughs> like preserved, uh, like we have to preserve Srila Prabhupada's teaching. And the development comes in the form of distribution, not giving purport to Srila Prabhupada's teaching. Right? 
Prabhupada gave the purport and let's just stick to that. The development comes in the form of expanding it. Okay. Thank you. Yes. Hey, Krishna. You mentioned about Ritviks. From my limited understanding, I understand that the Ritviks keep Prabhupada as the Fondracharya as well, same as us. I was just wondering uh, how did they then fall into this trap of Ritvikism? Because you mentioned that keeping the head would keep the institution together. And how do we avoid falling into that trap as well? Mm. You see, the GBC and Ritviks have a very little difference. <laughs> the only difference is, we agree in everything. The only difference is that the Ritviks are saying Prabhupada will continue to give Diksha. Whereas uh, Iskon stand is, how can we introduce something that had, does not have any scriptural evidence, hasn't been followed in the past, no precedence, and Srila Prabhupada himself didn't say anything. So when the, it is not supported by Shadu, Shastra and Guru, how can we accept some concept, uh, such a revolutionary concept? On the other hand, Iskon stand is Prabhupada is the preeminent Shiksha Guru of all the devotees of Iskon for all time. So we are saying Prabhupada is the Shiksha Guru, the most prominent Shiksha Guru. But they are saying, no, they will, Prabhupada is the Diksha Guru. Prabhupada will give Diksha. But the question here is that where in the past we have this instance or example that after leaving the planet, somebody gives the gave diksha. Good diksha entails giving the mantra. And the mantra has to be received from a person who is present. Not that now that we have tape recorders, so we can have mantra from the tape recorder. No, it's not that. It is a relationship. And that's a very thin difference, actually. Like, I mean, we are saying, and now consider, the most important consideration is that our parampara, the way Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasri Thakur has defined it, is not based on diksha. It's based on shiksha. Like Bhakti Binod Thakur is not a Diksha disciple of Jagannath Babaji. Jagannath Babaji Maharaj is not a Diksha disciple of Baladi Pitadusha. So, you know, like how can we then draw the line? How we are drawing the line? We are drawing the line on the basis of Shiksha. So our parampara is Shiksha parampara. And Srila Prabhupada is recognized as the Shiksha Guru of all the devotees. So what's the problem? The unfortunate thing is, you see, often this uh, concept developed out of envy. Not all, but some of them, you know. And also we had the crisis when the Gurus fell down, right? 
some devotees develop that concept. No one is qualified to be a guru. So since no one is qualified to be a guru in ISKCON, so Srila Prabhupada will give the diksha. Now, in a spiritual organization, we cannot institute something whimsically. Yes, Tamadhan? With regards to Guru Shastra and Sadhu, just wanted to almost explore at a very practical level. So if the, if the spiritual master says something, there's a discrepancy from the Shastra. On the one hand, that would be an obvious that something is amiss. At the same time, we're told if the Guru says it's a rope, you're seeing a snake, trust the Guru's perspective rather than your own. And the other thing would be, if there was a discrepancy between Let's say your spiritual master, you can't access them at that time. The sadhus, the people around you are saying something different. Is it that we go, oh, okay, I'm going to go to the sadhus and I'm going to... Go to the GBC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the thing is, you know, like, yes. If somebody says something wrong or if some teachings are off the wall, you know, it should be taken to the GBC. I mean, is it? Bonafide is it authorized? <laughs> so it's again, you know, like it's being clear how important it is to have this kind of a body, you know, and they won't decide something whimsically or emotionally, sentimentally, you know. Yes? Take the mic. Take the, take the mic. First, sir, Prabhu, uh, and we have and everyone here, and some are still upset away from here. We would like to say thank you for having me <laughs> uh, here. Thank you very much. And I might be uh, discussing, or my there is something, but this is what I because I only several months in this uh, institution and this group, as you would say. But I learned a lot. I learned a lot which I, because I, I don't want to discriminate other belief or other religion. But in social of time, I understand which I did not understand in other belief. To say it is that uh, because, you know, intelligently, mm, we are not being spoken here. Huh? What I hear is, even though we are not so talented, we, by reading all this... Can you give the summary? Yeah, by reading all this... Uh, I'm not yet reading all this book. You make it short. Yeah. Some of it only. Huh? But I understand, not us. We are not the only one living. Because what we understand is the universe, the nine planets, etc. We do not understand much about the other part of the other universes. So, it means that in our mind, we are becoming intelligent. See? We are, it's okay, we'll give, we'll give this book out after a little while. You go through the book, and then tomorrow we'll discuss about it. We are okay. intelligent, not social, okay. and not so only. Thank you. Baby. Very See? much. Yes. And we thank you, everybody. Thank you. Any other question? <laughs> yes, Brigang. 
Um, so I had a question. Gary just said recently that um, that it has to be supported by Sadhu, Shastra, and Guru. And I mean, as far as I know, I think I'm probably very well fit. In the in the disciplic succession, starting from Krishna all the way down to Shilpa, there's no um, there's no female person who passes on the knowledge, but Srila Prabhupada initiated um, women. So how do we understand that? Yeah, Bhakti Siddhanta Sarishit have initiated female. Prabhupada's sister was initiated by Bhakti Siddhanta Sarishit. So there has been female initiated. And <clears throat> the thing is that, you know, like uh, in the Vedic culture, you know, in the past was in a certain way, Vedic society was in a certain way. But the world has changed today considerably. Those days in India, even I saw, uh, the ladies hardly went out of the house. They all, you know, once in a blue moon I would see my mother going out. <laughs> like, you know, they hardly went out, you know, like, so there, the role of a woman was inside the house. And they used to take care of the household. In the house, they were the boss. <laughs> so the culture was like that, you know. But now the things have changed. About to speak of initiating female disciples, Prabhupada allowed the female disciples to stay in the ashram. So, you know, like Prabhupada saw, Prabhupada himself admitted, like in America, boys and girls are striding side by side. Now, how can I make discrimination? Only for boys and not for girls. No. You know, the society, the way the society is, he just accepted it. But that concept is not right, that, that Prabhupada is the first one who gave initiation to the female di disciples. No, Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasvati did. <clears throat> Prabhupada's sister, Prabhupada himself told me, she was in first initiated by Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasvati and second initiation she got from Prabhupada's godbrother Goswami Maharaj. Down there. Rajan, sometimes the detractors will say, is that the GBC is the ultimate managing authority, as if this institutional authority for policy and making decisions about land or, you know, organizational matters, but not ecclesiastical, not to do with Siddhanta. That's one of the arguments they sometimes try to uh, put forward. How do we counter this, or how should we understand it? Do you need to counter that? Personally, quite clear on it, right? whatever your understanding is given to them. <laughs> like, you see, I mean, you can come up with all kinds of arguments, but the consideration is, see things from the right perspective. I mean, we are, are we dealing with a bunch of managers, quote and unquote? Or are we dealing with a group of devotees? They may be managing, but the bottom line is that they are devotees. They have accepted Krishna consciousness wholeheartedly. 
we are not just talking about a bunch of people who have been hired, you know, to uh, uh, to manage an institution who doesn't have any spiritual foundation. Are we speaking about that kind of individuals? No. These are spiritually astute individuals who have taken up that responsibility. That's the problem they had in Goryamot, actually. You know, their concept was like that, you know, like some of leaders. How can a spiritual organization be run by a bunch of managers? We need an Acharya. You know, the sim see the similar concept, how a bunch of managers. But they fail to see that this bunch of managers are spiritually committed, you know, individuals who have given themselves completely to this mission. They are, they are knowledgeable with Prabhupada's, uh, with Prabhupada's teachings. Okay? Any other question? Okay, so it seems that the Sydney devotees are very shy to ask questions. <laughs> Only three individuals ask questions, both during morning session and afternoon session. Anyway, huh? like, it doesn't really matter because Prabhupada said only two types of people don't have any question. <laughs> those who understood everything and those who didn't understand anything. <laughs> anyway, I'm confident that you fall in the first category. <laughs> Thank you all very much. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Gaur Premanande Hari.